Malcolm, welcome to our Building Futures Career Conversations. Thanks for coming in. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, I'm Chairman and Managing Director of a SME uh, a contracting business in, uh, in the South East called Maxwell Construction. Uh, very much an evolving business, but it's been going for 60 years, started uh, as a builder, developed into a contractor and then design and build, and now going through an even bigger transformation. So can you tell us a little bit about your career? So you're obviously very successful. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got there? I went the traditional route through uh, college and, and started doing a, a diploma in construction, started to do interviews uh, to go that next stage. I wanted to work and learn uh, at that stage. University wasn't for me, wasn't really that effective at that, in, at that stage in my career. And I, uh, I had a fantastic interview with uh, uh, John Lang Construction and the guy who interviewed me um, asked me why I wanted to be an engineer. And I said, well, I like the outdoors and, and all that stuff. And he said, well, what do you want to be doing when you're 40? I hadn't even thought of that. I was 18. Yeah, Christ. So I, uh, I, I said, well, probably management. And he said, well, I'm looking at your CV. He says, I think you ought to go straight there. He said... And, I, and he put me in more into costing and programming and, and, and very quickly I was into site management. Uh, that developed um, into a special program that Langs were running. Uh, I was running a bit quicker than they were um, and I had an opportunity to go and join a, a family business in, uh, in Tunbridge Wells, uh, Tunbridge. Uh, which I took. Uh, it was a big leap, um, but I loved it and, and, and developed it from there. But uh, it was quite key that, that someone had told me to think beyond just the next few years. Uh, very interesting for me anyway, big step. So when you kind of reflect back, is there any sort of top tip almost or wisdom that you'd give other people who are working across the built environment and actually beyond that as to maybe a certain attitude or ways you made decisions that you would pass on as almost the wisdom of what's made you successful? I'm gonna, I'm gonna sound like a father, or, uh, um, but actually it is hard work um, it, and it's having a really good work ethic. Um, and I'm seeing that now in my own children and, and why, they're, where, why they're being successful. And it's because they get on with it and they want to do something. And it's also actually understanding that you do need to build some resilience. Um, it, life's tough. Uh, it will have its ups and downs and we all know the mental health and I think we're probably more aware now than certainly when I was uh, going into work, the work environment how stressful and, and tough that can be for youngsters as well as people through their careers and I, and I, I think but we have to understand that you need to build that resilience you need to be able to understand the knocks take them learn from them and become a bit stronger moving forward but likewise the other big thing that I've recognized and it sounds like your college lecturer, university lecturer saying, read, you know, get the knowledge, because your knowledge is what gives you, uh, distinguishes you from your uh, colleagues, from your competitors, from even the people around the dinner table. If you're sitting there and all you could do is talk about the football or whatever it was you saw five minutes ago or on social media, uh, you've got no depth to that knowledge, you're not very impressive. And I think in business, in, in, in the work environment, to turn um, that knowledge into your advantage is absolutely key. So it's read, read, learn, podcast, well, however you want to do, but get the knowledge. I love that. And I know I care passionately about ongoing learning and never feeling like 
you know it all because no. isn't that boring if we feel that way? So we want to talk during the ser this series around the big challenges, the big questions, I guess, that's faced across the built environment in construction and in property. And one of those is how do we achieve net carbon zero? We know that uh, the, the construction and property industries are seen as one of the biggest contributors to carbon emissions. And your own company is very, very focused on this particular area. What, when you step back, what do you think the industry needs to do or could do differently? But also what progress can you see happening already? Uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. The industry needs to change. It needs to do things differently. We've been for too long in a siloed um, uh, operation as, as in the built environment with consultants and contractors and supply chain and all of these people not working together. And we actually have been failing our customers um, in what we're delivering for them because we're sort of trying to push uh, all the risk in the wrong places, generally down to the lowest common denominator. Um, I, to be honest, I blame the lawyers and the accountants, but that's, uh, that's for another conversation. But actually, the, there is an opportunity with this absolute need. It's not, uh, it'd be nice to get to net zero. Hang on, we've got to do this. This has got to happen. And the, uh, the, the opportunity that gives the industry of rethinking how it how it delivers for its customers, but also for the other stakeholders, the people that are using the buildings, the people that are being taught, the children that are being taught, the, the hospitals, the, the patients, the, the office the people that are working in those offices. And I uh, have been very passionate about changing the business model. Um, and it's much more around providing a whole life uh, support to our customers, being a solutions provider in the built environment. It's a lot of words, but actually that's what it means is that what you're doing is you're taking um, all the good things and making sure they all link together and that you're, you're really providing that good service and delivering a, a, a better product, um, something that's uh, more energy efficient going in the right yeah. direction, something that actually is better for the occupants, the, the health and well-being of those people in that building. And, and actually that has in itself uh, positive economic uh, uh, um, benefits by people are working and happier and, and not off, off sick as much, um, then the, the asset that has been uh, capitalised, it actually really starts to earn, earn its corn. But at the same time, we're doing things in the, in the net zero um, drive um, and, and in the health and well-being of, of everyone around us. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because in the debate around net carbon zero, we often focus on the E, as in the economic side, but the S of ESG is all around the social impact. And it's true that we do, as an industry, have a huge social impact on what we do. We build schools, we build hospitals, we build the way that people get from A to B. How do you think, as an industry, we can improve how we talk about the social value that we add to society as a, you know, across the built environment. Uh, I, I, you're right about talking, uh, but I also feel that it's a, it, we should be demonstrating it. So um, what we're doing is giving opportunities for uh, school leavers, school, uh, uh, people at school, at, at university to come and do work experience with us. We've also extended that beyond um, to, to more mature people that perhaps just want to understand how to do it differently. And we're sharing uh, the knowledge, um, sharing that ac across 
the sectors that we work in, either on the frameworks that we're on or, or with the private clients that, that we work with. And what we're, what we're starting to see is people going, hang on, this is, this is different. This is about um, something that they haven't seen before. Um, they want to do something different. They're being put under pressure um, f for all sorts of reasons to improve carbon uh, footprints within any business, whether it's a school, a hospital, an office, uh, or our own homes. And, 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 and they don't really know how to do that. And us, as a, uh, that's where one of the opportunities that I see that we have as in the built environment is that we generally have got those skill sets. If we haven't, we should be learning them and developing those so that we can then provide that to our customers. And that's already started for us. We've got several clients where they've made us effectively their built environment partner. Um, and we're working with them uh, to deliver exceptional performance, not just on the building projects, but on everything else that's associated with that, with maintenance, with use, uh, optimization, whole life, recycling, and so on. So your organisation is very innovative um, in the way that you've been looking at green and uh, the, the wider environment and the impact of what we do. Is there, I know that we've talked about some of the um, examples of what you've been doing. Can you share some of those? In, in yeah, we've uh, recently uh, obtained funds for the Innovate uh, UK government fund uh, to support a project uh, which is a knowledge transfer partnership working with the University of Kent and, uh, and we've employed a, an associate that's joined us. Um, I never thought we'd have a doctor working for us but he's got a PhD in AI and machine learning. Um, and that, uh, that project is uh, to take the data from the completed buildings that we've been designing and constructing for over the last three or four or five years. And using that data or understanding that data as to how we can improve the briefing of future projects and, and operations of those projects. What's been interesting, we've been on it for now three months, is already that's developing and, and the, um, the PhD, Dr Ishmael, um, he, he is really excited about what it's starting to, to, to do. What was interesting is that he came from, uh, from an academic background and has no experience in the built environment at all. And yet he's already got, in three months, really excited about what's going on. And that's where I see some real big opportunities. So that's a really good point. How do we attract more people to come into the built environment as a sector and choose this as a profession? So we know that we want, as an industry, we all know we'd like to get better DE&I. How, how do we do that? You're obviously starting to achieve it, but how do we do it as an industry? Well, we have to, do, I suppose, we are an example of what can be done. It's about getting your message out there. It's about giving opportunity um, to those that want to hear, want to learn, um, and, and even those that are just curious. Um, so a lot of, um, for just going back a stage to... Um, work experience. A lot of the guys, girls coming in to do work experience, we don't say, well, what do you want to do? We actually give them an experience that's across a whole sp uh, different parts of the set, whether it's design or the construction element or purchasing or surveying accounts, even office, office management. And, and that broadens them. Because what we're finding, and I've found it with my own children, is that 
they really don't know what's out there. Yes, and, totally agree. And, and it's, it's how do you get that and give them that mm. opportunity? And, and to some extent, COVID has even made that more difficult. But what we're experiencing is a real excitement and several people that have come in for work experience over the last five years or so, we've ended up offering them uh, job roles. Um, and quite often in different roles than they thought. So they might have thought they were going to do quantity surveying, but they ended up being an estimator or going more into design. And it, that's really uh, encouraging and exciting. But, but also it's, it's, um, it's not just about employing and training and developing people within the organisation. It's also that external face. It's what the people um, see Baxel and what they stand for. Why are they different? Why are the people seem to be really happy working for them? And, and why are the, their customers keep going back to them? and keep That actually needs to be a much stronger message. And we're starting to do that in, a, in our small way. We're, a, we're an SME. I like to call us a bit of a positive disruptor in the built environment. Um, we're using social media. We're using uh, um, podcasts and, and, and opportunities like this to get... Uh, demonstrate that there is a different way and I think that's really key that it's showing what's different and, and being able to demonstrate it there is too much talk um, and and that's a danger and I've been experiencing that I had a, a period where I was na chairman of the National Federation of Builders absolutely loved it great experience learned a lot really did about good and bad I might add but what actually uh, has come from that is that I came pull back from that national support um, because I wanted to go, do you know what, I'm fed up with trying to convince people this is, there's a different way, I'm going to go and do it and show them how it's done. And that's what we've been doing. So now it's sort of like demonstrate, show how the, why the success, what does success look like? Because I think that there's an acknowledgement across the industry that we need to be more diverse because I think we all accept if we are, it brings different points of view and we can all learn together. But I think it's also about promoting it as an industry quite at an early age because as you've said, a lot of young people don't even consider it, therefore don't make the no. specific choices maybe for college and university and don't even consider it and then almost don't then never come back to it. So it's nice to hear that you're bringing people in who maybe are further along in their careers or academics or whatever it is so they can get, because often when people come to the construction industry, they actually love it, but it's actually just encouraging it. If you were to, if you had a magic wand, if it, would there be anything that you would do just to try and get more people to come in the industry, what would you do? It's about, it goes back to demonstrating it. We do attend careers events and we're showing what's going on. Um, and we're trying to, as I say, use social media to show people's progression within their careers. So we've promoted a lot of people during the year. We actually put that out in social media and, and, and they can see that. And, but also they can see the diversity that's been developed. I, we have uh, policies around e equal opportunities and, and all the stuff. Absolutely right, and that it's right to do that. But we haven't got any targets about numbers. Uh, we we need people to uh, operate across our business, um, and we recruit the best people. And they go through a very vigorous and, and thorough process um, in order to to to, to be offered a, a job role. What is really positive is the result of that is we've got a really diverse workforce which to me is the way round it should be. If we weren't attracting uh, the, the right people, um, 
and they weren't diverse, then we would have got it wrong, in my view. But it is interesting how that's happened. But some of the people that have joined us who, who sort of came in at it sort of slightly, so a, a, an someone who was an architect who didn't realise that they could be a design manager and, and when they were at school didn't think that that opportunity was there and they, they've developed into that role. Those are good examples and they're good people to put in front of um, sixth formers mm -hmm. uh, to say, look, Ask questions. Don't assume that just because your careers advisor is saying, oh, well, you don't want to go into construction because it's all wet and muddy and horrible. Actually challenge that. There are loads of opportunities and incredibly exciting uh, job roles that, uh, that are evolving. And it, it goes back to the net zero, uh, goes back to what I was saying about AI and, and, and the, the digital world. Um, it, it's a, it, it is such an exciting place to be, but most people don't realise they really don't. Totally agree. And, and that's kind of a frustration because, you know, we care passionately about the built environment and we know how exciting it is. And this is kind of the, the reason for having these conversations is also to highlight it, to use it as a way to highlight this as a career for a diverse range of people to know that it is a welcoming industry, that it is an industry that's innovative, as you've just said, and one that's truly going to change the world. And if people are attracted to a job with values, a job with purpose, a job that makes a, an impact, this is an industry that has all of those things. It's just about us yeah. saying as an industry, please come because we because you'll, we'll offer you a great career. I mean, if you were looking at it just purely from a business point of view, uh, why wouldn't you go into something that's really quite broken and poor? And you, the young people coming into our industry now have got a massive opportunity to turn it on its head, to, to deliver something that it, it knows it can, but it doesn't know how to. And, and with the right people coming into the industry, the industry will be able, the built environment will be able to take off. Uh, and that's the key, is getting the right quality people. If, without quality people in any sector, any business, if you're a, a lawyer, a legal firm, if you've got, you've got the poorest graduates or the poorest, it, they, it doesn't work. They want the best people and that's what makes them successful. That's what we should be doing within our organisations to make sure that we can deliver. And there is such a big um, disconnect between uh, good and bad, and, and uh, such a big gulf is that come in and be and take it, take these bad organisations and turn them into really good ones. And let's really show what we can do. Uh, yeah, amazing. And the salaries and the and the rewards aren't as bad as people think when they actually get into it. And again, we should be saying, you know, yeah. people earn really good money. And they do in the trades, but they also do right the way through all the support, and um, you know, PAs and uh, design managers, site managers, it, right the way through. It's, it's, it's a good career and it's very solid. And you can travel with it. This is, uh, Absolutely. because I find myself in my own time a little bit of an ambassador for the industry and, uh, and having three sons and therefore a lot of, uh, of young people that come in and out of my house, I often speak about it. And I always say to them as well, you can travel with it because if you need to build a building in the UK, yeah. you need a building to be built anywhere in the yeah, world absolutely. so it's it is an attractive industry it's just about showing young people how innovative it is how much it's changing um, kind of taking down some of the stereotypes they might feel about it seeing that there's a diverse range of people that are in the industry but also seeing there's a future and yeah. the biggest 
problem facing humanity, which is how do we sustain this planet, is mostly going to be solved by how we deal and change the construction industry and how we deal with the, the, the buildings that are already built and how we evolve them. So it is pretty exciting, I think. Oh, oh it is. And I, 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 to be fair to um, the industry, or I'm not sure whether it's just the press within the industry, if you look at what we've done across the world as an industry, it's amazing. You know, we are uh, invariably at the core of many uh, big projects that have happened over, over, the, over the years and that's still happening, whether it be Dubai or uh, Australia or all over the world. And as you say, the opportunity for um, a, a youngster to, to, to go out and travel and then perhaps come back to England when they want to have a family and, and what have you. But, but they haven't lost, they can bring all that knowledge and experience and they haven't lost it and they can put it then into a more local um, environment. And I think that's, um, yeah, that's really key. Thank you so much for that Malcolm. I think there's been some really top tips there for people about their own careers, how important reading is, that continuous learning about resilience and how important it is to build it up but also working hard. And I also think there was some real learns there as an industry that we can share as how do we attract a nice diverse range of people into this industry. With that promise of you can really change the world if you come and work in this industry but also you can also travel within the world with it thank you so much for coming in and sharing that with us pleasure